also that blesses us because uh, she's my friend, so I can say this. Helen is as British as they come. <laughs> is, that, is that okay for me to say that about Helen? <clears throat> These are our friends. We know them for a long time, so it's just great. But it, it just gives it a context within the UK thing. Uh, because I know there are a lot of people believe that actually, even me, I believe that, that uh, demons uh, were all chased out of the UK during um, the missionary era, and they've all come to Africa. Thank you for sending them up to us. We are dealing with them now, uh, so you can all be free. <laughs> but we all know that's not the case. So this morning, we just want to wrap up what we started. May I reiterate that Rob's word last night was, I think, an awesome word. I take it from Steve, who's leading this church, that uh, that, that, that word, I think, was quite important. So uh, if you had the moment, you could, and you didn't have a chance to hear that or you heard it, I would encourage you to hear it again and maybe pick up one of the things we're looking at, which is the authority that we have in Christ. So we'll be standing on that authority this morning to just deal with some things. But if you've got your Bible, come with me to the book of Exodus. <coughs> Exodus. In Zambia, we say Exodus. Um, Exodus chapter 14. I just want to pick up a thought. Uh, we're running with the time that we have, and I want to honor my friend Steve Alliston. And so we'll try to keep time. I've got 15 minutes till the end. So God help me. <laughs> Let me just say a quick thank you to Tracy and Neil for their kind hospitality. They make us so feel welcome in their lovely home. Uh, we learn a lot as they care for kids, grandchildren, and all sorts of amazing things they do. Thanks for looking after us during this trip uh, again. And also, on behalf of Rob and Julie, uh, uh, and Lillian, we want to thank Mark and Julie for the hospitality to Rob and Helen. You're such a wonderful church. So hospitable. So we are in... Um, Exodus 14, <clears throat> let's just read from verse 10. So I'll just read a few verses from verse 10, and, uh, uh, and then we pick it up from there. Uh, I'll tell you what I was going to say before I say it, because I may not say it. At least you know what I was going to say, because I can't say it. Is that okay? So uh, verse 10, the Bible says, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians... We're marching after them. They feared greatly. And I'm reading from the ESV, but you can follow it up in the one that's on there. Yeah, maybe let's read that together. So in case of those who don't have Bibles, we can all be on the same. They feared. Marching after them, they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Next verse. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Uh, uh, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Um, this was a very terrible time because uh, of what just was happening. And we read on, and uh, didn't we say to you in Egypt, this is like a mourning party. So they're all turning to Moses, and they're mourning to him. They're just complaining. Everybody's complaining. They said to him, didn't we say to you, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. Would it, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die 
in the desert. I don't know who told them that they're about to die, but somehow they were convinced they were about to die. Next verse. And Moses answered the people. Now look at this encouragement, because that's what I would try to run through in the next few moments. As they were terrified, as they looked at the Egyptian army approaching, and they saw uh, near death, they knew this is certain death we're dying. This is Moses' response. And Steve, isn't that lovely that we can all, just like us, calm leaders, pastors, full of faith, bring encouragement. This is a good pastor. This is a good leader. Look, and calmly he says to them, do not be afraid. Have you been at a place where you think everything is falling apart and, you know, life is just gone? And then this person is saying, don't be afraid. Well, what else are you supposed to be? Fear is allowed in this situation. If you knew what I'm going through, I'm supposed to be afraid. Uh, Moses says, don't be afraid. Huh? You can read that. Let's read it together. What else does it say? Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. If I just at the moment, that last verse, that's it. The enemies you see. The stuff you've gone through, the, 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 the disease, the sickness, the illness, the stuff, you will not see it again. And if I don't see it, I want to say it again, just now, over Crowley Community Church, that uh, this weekend, I just feel that in faith, that God is drawing a line over certain things. And he's saying to us, certain things we've seen before, we won't see them again. I want to prophesy over somebody. You feel like your life is going, going round in circles, going through the same thing again and again. When will it ever end? Today, prophetically, we just want to say over you, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the cross, that the Egyptians you've seen before, you will see them no more. Could somebody say that word, no more? No. Say that again, no, no more. Yeah. So there comes a moment, as Rob was teaching us last night, that you stand in the authority of Jesus and repeat those words of Moses, that this ends here. Yeah. I'm not going to see it again. Can I hear a man if you, be, you believe that? So that's what he was telling. But, but you see, this didn't make the, 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 the Egyptians disappear. They were still coming. And let's move on and see what, there's another word. Uh, it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. That's what I was saying to uh, somebody last night, a lovely couple, and just said, look, uh, you've said a lot, you've heard a lot. Now there comes a moment where you just have to be still. It's in the hands of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's in the hands of the Lord. Because sometimes the devil throws stuff at you. Then he's watching you to see what you're about to say. And you, what about your scream? What you're about to, to, to react? But sometimes God gives you the grace just to be still. And was that the prophetic word earlier this morning? Our lovely sister came and reminded us that the Lord just said to her, 
Be still and know that I am God. And that's Psalms 46, verse 10 in our word. There it comes again. Verse 15. <clears throat> Isn't it just lovely to read the word and let the word speak to us? When the Lord said, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? And that's the most, I almost said ridiculous, but that's from the Lord. That, that, that's the most strange question. Why are you crying to me? Well, you are God. <laughs> we are supposed to cry to you. <laughs> you know, but again, again, uh, uh, I'll be referring quite a bit to Rob's excellent talk. That's where we see that God is saying, I have given you something. There's a point to cry to God, but there's a point also to take the authority in the name of Jesus over that, over the situation and apply the finished work of Jesus. So he's saying, why are you crying to me? Then he says, tell the Israelites, there's another key word there, Steve coming up, tell Crowley Community Church to Tell Crowley Community Church to move on. I just felt that's so for you this morning. But somebody came just to hear that, that despite all that is going on, the Lord simply says, just move on. Now, what the word before? They were crying. They were just crying. And then there's a moment where God comes to you and says, hey, stop crying. Move on. That's exactly what God is saying. Why are you crying? Now, crying is not bad. There's a moment to cry, to weep before the Lord, but also there's a moment, there's a time to get up and stand on your feet and take on the word of God and move on. In in Africa, we like doing like that. Move on. Did you do that prophetic word for yourself? I am moving on. Hallelujah. Just whatever. It's like there was a war that's stopping you from moving. Sometimes you feel stuck. I think that word came last night where you feel like that record, that you're stuck in a particular place. The song is not playing. The music stops in your life. You feel everything has stopped. Today, the prophetic word is you are moving on because God has yet more to do. Let's read another verse. And uh, uh, then he says to, to, to Moses, raise your staff or your road and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I mean, the rest of the story we, knew, we know, the Red Sea was parted and the Israelites walked through. In the few minutes that I have, let me just summarize some of the key things that I wanted to say. The first thing, I, we came to encourage Crowley Community Church, even as we finish this weekend, of reflecting on Jesus came to set the captives free. I just wanted to encourage you on um, a few thoughts on how to turn a counterattack, a counterattack into a place of victory. Christians face counterattacks, meaning that the enemy comes and attacks us back 
because of our move for God. In this passage of scripture, you will realize that this is the point when the children of Israel had left Egypt. The promises of God had come to pass. 430 years of waiting to be released. Then they were released. They were gone. And uh, God, through a mighty hand, did mighty things before Pharaoh, and the children of Israel were released. I'm talking to many believers here. You know the freedom of Jesus. You know what it is to be set free from sin. And many of you can testify that he has, he has set you free from the power of darkness. Uh, the Bible says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, and Paul reminds the Ephesians that they were set free in verse 1 and 2. They were set free from the power of darkness. And we have been set free. We have been set free. Many of us know that freedom. And that's a picture of them leaving Egypt. They had seen the power of God. But alas, something happens in verse 10 where when they look back, as they're on to their promised land now, they look back and then the enemy is coming after them. He's coming again. What you thought was over then turns up again. Have you been through that experience? Yeah. Have you been at a place where you feel as if the enemy who had been defeated, suddenly he has an uprising? It's like stuff that you felt were gone, all of a sudden is coming again. Now, we call that a counterattack, uh, a counterattack. When the enemy has been defeated, he just doesn't sit there and lie pretty. No. He gets up many times and he comes. And in this final session, I just want to uh, share with you, maybe learn uh, a couple of things that we can learn on how do we react when the enemy rises up like a flood against us and begins to try to take back ground that we had won. First of all, let me just remind you some of the signs of a counterattack. The first thing you notice there that the counterattack happened after actually a breakthrough. Now, please listen to me for a few minutes. We don't have time to explore this further. Counterattacks usually happens when you're doing so well. That's what I think Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians. He says, be careful. Those of you who stand, just when you think you stand, then you fall. Because, you see, at the moment of victory, sometimes it's at a moment where all our guards are down. And also, when you're going through a breakthrough, that's the time you feel, oh, you know, what can go wrong here? Everything is so well. Everything is doing well. You know, um, and uh, our family is buzzing. Everything is good. Paul says, careful. Because it's in those moments that the enemy prowls around like a lion and tried to catch you. The children of Israel were in the same place. They've just seen the victory of God. And as they are singing songs going into the promised land, they look back and somebody says, hey, hey, hang on, hang on, look back. What's this? The Israelites are coming. The Egyptians are coming. Not, when they were, not only were they coming, they were on horses. The Israelites were walking. Now something then funny happens. And we see when people are coming, the enemy is coming, you tend to automatically speed up, you know, going forward. But then they realize, oh, there's a problem. In front of us, 
There's the Red Sea. And they say, hang on. How come Moses didn't sort this out? Didn't he realize that this route has a sea? <laughs> Why didn't we prepare boats? I, I just love it coming to England because in England, I learned a lot about preparation. Uh, and, uh, Rob helps me with some of my trips when I'm coming into the UK. Thanks for helping me on this one, Steve. And sometimes he, I get an email from him about, oh, next year's trip, Joseph, let's begin to think. I said, that's next year. This is like March 2019. We're doing today, Rob. Today. <laughs> but I'm sure uh, some of the British guys among Moses' group would have just turned to him and said, but we should have planned this. I'm just being funny. But all of a sudden, they realize they have no means of crossing. The enemy is coming, and the sea is drawing near. So what do you do? It's almost like a dead end. You call it a dead end? They go in, and then the road stops. It's going nowhere. In fact, for them, it's a double dead end. Because when you realize the road is not going anywhere, what do you do? You turn back. No, for them, they can't turn back, because the Egyptians are coming. Now they really feel stuck. I don't know if there's somebody here in one way or the other, maybe in family situation, you really just feel you can't go forward, you can't go back either. You just feel stuck. Sometimes church can feel like that sometimes. You know, there was one church I was being, I was in and things were so tough, I just felt, look, if you can't go forward, you can't go back, maybe you can just resign. And God said, no. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking to somebody in there. Sometimes the enemy locks you in. You just feel, maybe it could be physical sickness. Maybe it could be circumstances. I don't know what that means. I just feel there may be somebody here and you identify with that. And today I came to tell you this, that that place of feeling deadlock, it's a place of your breakthroughs. Because what you can't do, God can. Amen. All things are possible. The second thing we notice there when they were in that situation is how you notice you are in a kind of deadlocked, kind of counter-attack situation is what comes out of your mouth. Yeah? The children of Israel began to complain. They began to look at anybody you can put the blame on. You know, is that, is that just a, such a human thing? When things begin to go wrong in your life, you think somebody must be responsible here. You know, maybe it's, you know, it's us husband, you blame your wife. He said, oh, wife, okay, wife, don't blame, Lillian is coming. Uh, <laughs> normally it's the husbands who blame wife, but it could be wives blaming husband, we blame our children. If it's a church situation, this is a nice place to blame leaders, because that's where they are. What are you doing? You're a leader. You know, you brought us to a, we are stuck. You should have thought about this. Hey, what kind of eldership is... Okay, you don't do this here. This is in Africa. In Africa, they do this. You know, uh, you, they, they blame you. And, and look, some of the ridiculous things they said, it's amazing. They even said to him, look, um, didn't we tell you? Leave us alone in Egypt. We were better off. Really? Were you really better off in Egypt? You remember, these are the same people who are crying to God for deliverance. But when the situation comes, they 
forget. It isn't always nice in church that sometimes when something goes wrong, you begin to wish we were better off before. Okay, it's just a natural thing. They were complaining. They blamed. But that's why I think for all of us as leadership, you just should expect complaint. I, I was too sensitive to complaint. When people complained to me in church, I really was feeling very bad. Now, I'm overseeing 60 churches uh, in Africa and a few churches in Kenya and, uh, you, and uh, Tanzania and a few in Congo. So you can imagine how many complaints <laughs> I get. <laughs> the more you get, the more complaints you get. It's just a few more people to complain. But it's not that bad. I thank God for those people who come, and sometimes they just encourage you. You know? Can I say that on behalf of leaders? Leaders need encouragement. Yeah. Leaders need to be encouraged sometimes. We'll go through some of the horrible times. You've done your best, but you are still stuck. They were still stuck, but they came and complained to Moses. Thank God for Moses. Now, here is what Moses did. I just like this. Steve, this is Rob and all the church leaders here. This is an example of a calm leader under pressure. He just begins to give them some, I don't know how, what was going on in Moses. I mean, there was one time Moses actually wasn't all this calm. Later on, he got really fed up. You remember when he came from the mountain holding the, the tablets written on by God? He came, he found they were worshiping idols. He wasn't such a calm Moses there. He became so angry, he threw down the tablets, broke them. He broke the tablets. You know, and sometimes when things are so tough, we can react in the... I don't think he was Holy Ghost laid to throw the tablets. Somebody, a friend of mine preached like that, but I don't think he was Holy Ghost. He was just being human. Leaders are human. And I was reminding somebody, I said, look, just because we appoint somebody as an elder, they don't all of a sudden supernaturally become this superhuman being. No, they're just the same one. <laughs> so we just need to support them. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm not talking about leaders in the UK. I'm talking about leaders in Africa. This, this is... <laughs> They're African leaders. They are still human. Terry wrote that lovely book. It says, you are human. And, and, so, and Moses broke the tablet. He just broke the tablet. God didn't write again. You remember? The second set of tablets, what did God say? Uh, you copy them. <laughs> I wrote the first one. Now you copy them. You write them. <laughs> And Moses stood there and rewrote the whole thing again. And he took responsibility. Tell your neighbor, take your responsibility. Take your response. Take responsibility. Or oh, in Africa, we talk to each other when I'm preaching. Especially like towards the end because some people begin to doze. Um, so what did he give to them? Here is a few things as we finish. And I want to put this in a sort of how you react when your life is under attack. The first thing that he says to them is this. Look at this. Um, uh, despite all the discouragement, despite all the talk, this is how we should respond. Crowley Community Church, whatever we're going through, this is how we respond. Verse 13. 
Uh, Moses said to them, fear not. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Just, just tell somebody, tell them, fear not. Do not fear. You know, the problem of fear means it comes from the point that you just begin to imagine the worst. You know, when you are in a situation, you begin to imagine the worst. The worst is going to happen. So you go to the clinic and they tell you, oh, there's something that looks like, and then you go home and play the rest of the video. It's like, uh, okay, what the doctor says, this is what's going to happen. So I'm going to become so miserable. This is going to blow up, and then I'll be bedridden, and I'll be miserable, and then I'll die a miserable death. Is that what the doctor said? No. That's the rest of the video that you are creating. So, so sometimes fear pries on um, uh, imagination of how this shall be. Look at the imagination of the children of Israel. They began to imagine we are about to die. And everybody wants a decent funeral. And they started thinking, look, what kind of funeral are we going to have in the desert? You should have left us alone. At least we had some wonderful Egyptian neighbors. They would have given us a decent funeral. Now we're in the desert, in the middle of nowhere. No funeral parlors here. So, but who told them they're about to die? Who told you you're about to die? Who told you your life is ended? Who told you your life is just going to be this miserable lot for the rest of you? Who said that? Now, there is all these whispering voices of the enemy. The enemy will always exaggerate our situations. So tell your neighbor again, fear not. Don't fear. Sometimes people fear over good churches. You know, um, uh, you know isn't it amazing that people, when you're going through a bad situation sometimes in our church back home, people are not prophetic, all of a sudden become prophetic. You know, I can tell you where this church is going. Oh, really? How come you didn't prophesy all this time? Now you're prophetic. <laughs> you, all of a sudden, he's become so prophetic. He's telling us how uh, it's going to split. People will scatter. I can see it right now. It's almost like they have this clear vision of how bad things are going to be. No, that's not you. That's in Africa. I said to them, look, can we at this point turn this thing around and begin to remember that there is a God? There is a God who said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this. This church, I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, I just, just begin to encourage my elders. Yes, we have a problem, but we still have God. So in it all, let's just remember he is God. And the devil turns around and he says, no, 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 but this is the end of this church. This is the end of this church. You guys are going nowhere. You, you guys, I feel sorry for you. I turn around and I say, devil, I also feel sorry for you. Jesus is on the throne. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so in the moment of fear and counterattack, let's remember yeah. God. Yeah. So don't fear. To the eldership, don't fear. To each one of us in our families, especially fathers, you are to hold the future and the vision of your family. You've got to stand there and not fear. I'll be that kind of fearful father who's fearing and, and, and producing, uh, uh, saying all this, uh, uh, all this sort of uh, calamity over the family. I can see it in you. You'll become a nobody. No, this is your son. He'll become a somebody. Yeah. God is with you. 
You are a child of the righteous. You shall be blessed. You know, the old-fashioned way of blessing your children. Did you know fathers carry blessing? Hello? Can I talk to fathers for, for a second? Fathers, you carry blessing for your children and mothers too. And so what you speak has a huge impact. Did you hear what Helen said in our testimony? Very young. I didn't receive love. We are dealing with a lot of cases now of what parents did. So what you do to your children, and sometimes what you don't do, that affects them. You never said you loved them. You never blessed them. You never wished them well. So I began, Steve, to remember that I'm a father, and part of my job is to bless my family. When they come, I bless them. We started doing this experiment on our second born, and we started just blessing him a lot and just saying, you are a genius, you are bright, you will excel, you will do all that. You know what? He jumped three grades. In fact, the following year, they sent a researcher to our home. I said, why are you here? I said, no, your child is so bright, we've come to research the environment so we see what <laughs> environment produces bright children. I said, we're not doing nothing. This is just an ordinary home. Oh, we're just being parents who are affirmative. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I remind all of us parents, just bless your children more. Yeah. Bless your grandchildren. Speak well, and it shall be according to what you say. Hallelujah. Uh, the second thing he says to them, we're out of time. I'm, I'm really, I'm really sorry. What, what, what do we do? I stop now, right? Okay. No, you're being very British to me. <laughs> okay, I'll continue a little bit anyway. So uh, let me just finish. <laughs> now that you have allowed me. Um, don't fear is the first one. The second one is stand still. God already spoke to us in the prophecy today through that, so I'm not going to spend time. But the moments when you're under it, attack, learn to stand still, to stop. The power of the... I was reading a book entitled The Power of Three Seconds, meaning just take a deep breath sometimes. I mean, don't mind. There's a big standing still before God, but there's also just that from the basic level of just, just pause, right? Don't react. A lot of things have been done, damage done in the first three seconds of just reacting, gut feeling. I just feel like I could punch you. No, stand still. Just taking a deep breath, and then you'll hear the voice of the Spirit in the next breath. Do this. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, stand still. Be still and know. And that speaks to prayer. Uh, may I, I came to commend you, probably community church. You are a prayerful church. Standing still is a posture of prayer. That in moments when you feel under attack, pray to God. It's important to pray. Find time to pray. Sometimes you just feel numb. You don't even know what to pray. Well, just come before the Lord and just be still. Sometimes a prayer doesn't have to have words. It's just there. God knows your heart. Just bring it before the Lord as you are. Thirdly, what advice did he give them? The next verse, 
Well, the guys at the project are doing wonderful. You guys are amazing in this church. Uh, then it says, verse 14b, it says, then see the salvation of the Lord. That was an instruction. He said, see the salvation of the Lord. How do I see the salvation of the Lord? No, no, no. You, you, verse 14, see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, you know, there's got to be a different video you begin to play in your head. You've got to begin to see how this thing will turn out for my good. You've got to see God coming through. It's called faith. Be at a place where you can, as it says there in, uh, in the first part there, that, and that's the other one, that God will fight for you. Verse 14a, the Lord will fight, believe the Lord, he will fight for you. And uh, I, I just feel that there's stuff that we're going through that God himself is going to sort out. In Africa, uh, as I lead different teams, I see one thing happening. Sometimes if an eldership team is sitting and you don't know how you're going to solve this, you get to a place where we say, if we can't find how we're going to solve it, then it's not going to be solved. Hey, I'm not the Holy Spirit. That was one of the uh, big revelations I got, that in this job I do, I have to keep reminding myself, I am not the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds obvious to you, but to me, um, I've got to remember that I am not here to solve every problem that comes. And sometimes we have to remember that we have God, and God will sort it out for us. And that is not just being lazy. No, it is a position of faith. Amen. There will be situations we can't solve. God will fight for us. Shake your neighbor and say, God will fight for you. God is fighting for you. It's okay to talk to somebody. Just tell them God is fighting for you. Yeah? I would have told you about King Jehoshaphat uh, in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, who said, the battle belongs to? The Lord. The battle belongs to? The Lord. This battle belongs to? The Lord. I don't know what battle you have in your family, but we just want to declare that battle belongs to? God, the battle over the next generation. Sometimes we're worried about children and grandchildren, what they shall be. We want to declare that the battle belongs to the Lord. We do what we can, the rest the Lord will do. That's why we have God. What's the point of having God if you have to solve all your problems? You are putting him out of business. The stuff that God wants to do. And that's why certain things, he, put, he allows certain things to happen so he can show us he is God. And here's the last one. Um, verse 15, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Mo, uh, Why are you crying to me? I already spoke about that. And then he says there, Tell the Israelites to move on. Let's do that again as we finish. Tell the Crowley Community Church to so we just want to stand that as a prophetic thing. That this Sunday, we just feel there's something of an anointing, a moving on anointing, whether it's in your personal situation, whether it's family, and even as a church, the Lord is saying, whatever the issues, whatever the circumstances, there is an anointing just to 
move on. You know? Uh, a lovely man of God sang a song. He says uh, that when you're going through the valley, don't stop. Huh? If you're going through the valley and it's not nice, that's not the place to stop. Move on. Keep moving. Whatever you do, just keep moving. If you're moving through unpleasant places, that's not the place to have a picnic. This is bad. We've got to move on. Press in. Just keep pushing to the next thing. You know, uh, at one time I was, we were, okay, we need a vehicle, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving at the moment quite an old vehicle. Uh, so the vehicle started like jaking. And we were in the middle of nowhere. This is Africa. I can't call AA. They don't exist. <laughs> so, so now, you see, the thing is, the natural thing is just to stop eh? and say, why is this thing checking? So I just thought, don't stop. Just keep going, <laughs> you know? Because whether you stop or whatever, what if you stop, then it dies? Yeah. Then now I'm stuck. Yeah. So this thing is not driving well, <clears throat> but at least it's moving, okay? <laughs> So we're getting closer to some help. <laughs> Life can be that, like that sometimes. You see, that's why sometimes when you're feeling bad, you're feeling discouraged, don't stay in bed, just, just feel like it. No, get up. That's the time to come to church. Maybe God will say something. Ring somebody. Talk to somebody. Go to that prayer meeting. Move on. Because most of the time, what the enemy wants to do is to actually stop you doing stuff that's causing damage in the kingdom. So we move on. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so I came to tell you that this is just a, an anointing to such a say. We will move on. And when the enemy, you know, have you noticed some, those of you watch war films, uh, I used to watch some, you, you know, a bit, you know, they're not enactment of war films. You know, it's a, the enemy is bombarding and these soldiers they don't stop and say, hey, bombs. No. They keep going. They have to keep ducking stuff, but keep going. And the one who keep going all the way, a lot of them escape that part because they're in enemy fire. So when you're in enemy fire, you don't stop and say, yeah, can I figure out what's going on? Where is this whole thing coming out? You'll be short. All you have to do is keep moving. Amen. Amen. Keep going to that prayer meeting. Don't stop. Keep serving. Keep praying. Keep singing. Yeah. Even when the song doesn't sound right, keep singing it. Because we are in battle. And it's as you do that, that you allow God to work. Is that all right, Chloe? Is that all right, church? Yeah. Uh, I have to stop here and just learn this. How do we learn this? I came to encourage you that sometimes the places of attack are places of breakthroughs. Because here, when they thought they would die, the Red Sea parted. And we're about to see your Red Sea part. Just when you think my life is over. Just when they thought that, you see, our church, I keep laughing with Lillian, that our church, which is now 16 years, has, in the minds of some people, died now about five times because they prophesied these guys will never last three years. Then in the fourth year, they revised their prophecy. They won't go beyond six. In the seventh year, they revised that. 
Churches like this don't last more than 10. Now we are doing 15. 16 years uh, in the church we planted. Beloved, when you are serving God, the enemy is angry. I was reading Revelation yesterday as Rob was preaching that the, the, the queen of heaven was coming down angry. The devil, was, the beast was thrown and the Lord said, woe unto the son of man to whom uh, the enemy is gone. The enemy is angry. Please remember, the enemy hates you. He hates us. The devil doesn't like us one little bit. He just does not like people who are pushing the kingdom of God. So he will come against us. He will stop us. He will throw things at us. He will disturb our families. He will disturb our church. But thank God we don't have to live in fears. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I came this morning to tell you God is turning that place of attack into a place of your victory. Three words for you. Number one, he said, be still. Be still and know I'm God. And I was reading another version it simply said, be quiet. There comes a moment we just stop talking about stuff. God is in charge. And we're going to talk about this. And I notice sometimes that some people go all over the city talking about their problems. Tell everybody. They even tell somebody in the lift. You see, I'm going through a big problem. It's got only 30 seconds. I've got to tell you, I, I, it's really bad. But you know, so, okay, it's good to share with the right type of people. But sometimes we major on God, not on our problems. We bring our issues to God. Be still and know that I'm God. In a moment, the Lord says, move forward. And I'll be asking us to make a stand in the authority of Jesus to say, whatever I'm going through, I'm going to trust God and move forward. The Lord is fighting for us. Are we together, church? Has this helped you? Has this encouraged you? I just want you to close your eyes just where you are for a moment. Hallelujah. Let's start where we just thank God for a moment about the fact that God is fighting your battles. Let's just thank God that God is on our side. The Egyptians may be approaching, but God is bigger than they are. The Lord has gone ahead of us. Just in your own quiet moment, just thank God that he's on your side. Thank God that he is on this church's side. Thank God that he's on your family's side. Those kids will come out well. We prophesy over them. Your marriage will stand. Your marriage will pull through that situation. Yes, that business will not collapse. The Lord is with you. Whatever the situation is, just begin to thank God and look to him and look to him and look to him in the name of Jesus. We're just going to pray for two things. Number one, there may be situations where people feel locked in. You feel like you're in a dead-end situation. Today, the Lord is opening the Red Sea. In a moment, there will be a breaking open. Where there was no way, God will make a way. But we've got to realize this is where I am. And we've got to trust God. 
Maybe I just feel there's somebody here. You just feel, yeah, I need prayer. I just feel locked into something. I don't know what it is. Some, for some people, it's some kind of oppression, some kind of, you don't, know what, you don't have to know what it is, but all you know is that whatever it is, it's going to be broken in the name of Jesus. Yeah. It could be a situation. And I'm hearing repetitive, recurrence, illnesses, stuff that just keeps going, coming over and over again. The Lord is saying, the Egyptians you've seen, you will see them no more. Wow. As our eyes are closed, wow. you're saying, Joseph, that's me. I just want to trust God that you break something over my life. I just want this thing broken. I want this. Jesus came to set the captives free. I want to be completely set free from it. If that's you, just wave, just raise your hand. Just where you are. Thank you for those hands. Just raise your hand uh, at this stage. Thank you for all those hands. Uh, put your hands down. It's fine. We'll come back and pray. In the next few moments, I think there are also, uh, there's a family here. There's been recurrent mental kind of, uh, not breakdown, but just issues around mind. I talked earlier on about somebody who doesn't sleep very well for quite some time now. The Lord wants to set you free from that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's in pain even as we talk. Uh, the Lord is able to heal us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I just get an indication if you're in any of those categories? Just wave at me. We don't want to embarrass anybody. But just thank you for that hand. I see that hand, madam. I see that hand. Recurrent stuff that you just want to see broken. There's a few grandmothers here, grandparents, who are really worried about your grandchildren. Because some of you see certain patterns that you've seen before, and you don't like it, and just somehow you sense this should be broken. This may be something that runs in the family. And for one of you who are so aware of that, we just want to stand with you. Yeah. Certain things that could be generational, and you know, older parents see those very clearly. You heard that in Helen's testimony. The great thing with grandparents in this place is that you're Christians, so you can do something about it. You don't have to leave it to the grandchildren to come and sort it out. Yeah. You can start the battle now. The battle for the next generation. Am I talking to some parents or grandparents who feel that? You just feel there's something that needs to be broken. In the name of Jesus, Wave at me if that's you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand, madam. Uh, anybody else? Thank you for that hand. Yeah. What we're going to do is that we're all just going to stand and trust God. Rob and Helen will come and Helen, and then we'll pray. Uh, Steve and Kaz, why don't we all stand as we finish this? Uh, sometimes we just don't know how we finish this, especially when we are to race against time. I really apologize. We are behind time. But maybe let's just pray and deal with one or two issues. We allow the Holy Spirit to do this. It's a bright Sunday morning. Thank you for all these big windows. You really can't miss the sun. It's, it's out there. It's lovely. But just concentrate with me for a moment. And we just want to allow Jesus. If you raised your hand earlier for any of the situations that we called, or you just need prayer, I just want you to raise both your hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender. Thank you for all that. We're just doing this together as a church. Nobody's being embarrassed here. This is a safe place. We're family. 
if we don't deal with stuff here, where else would we deal with it? Yeah. So raise both your hands to the Lord in the name of Jesus. I'll ask Lillian to come. Rob and Helen. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Rob, uh, if, if there's something. Uh, just pray. Okay. Rob will pray over us and Lily will come with some specific things that we can do together. Can I encourage us just to, for us to engage with the Spirit right now and to finish with the final infilling. There are some people I just feel God is saying, you're just feeling tired. You are feeling exhausted. The journey has been long. You feel battered. And God says, I'm filling you again. I'm refreshing you. You've come to the well. And God will fill you. But let's clear some stuff first. Yeah. Rob? Yes, I think uh, just one thing I want to, to, to add to those words. Uh, about, I think it might be one or two people who say, oh, I, I think I've seen this before. And uh, there's a little bit of cynicism in there. And uh, you just recognize what that is. And you're saying, no, I don't want that. I'm, I'm not going to let that settle yeah. in, in my heart. Lord, I, I pray, Lord Jesus, whatever it is that people have been uh, responding to, uh, Lord, in your name, Lord God, you say what we bound on earth is bound yes. in heaven. Yes. We bind those negative yes. things. Yes. We will not have them. We put them to death. We put them to one side. They are mm. not part of us. They are not from you. We bind them. We throw them away in Jesus' name. Mm. And, Lord, we, we loose we loose your Holy Spirit. We loose yes. faith. Yes. We loose goodness. Yes. We loose healing. Oh, we loose vision. We loose fresh energy. We loose restoration. We loose hope. Oh, Lord God, we loose your Holy Spirit and all his blessings upon us. Thank you, God. We receive. So when we pray, believe in our hearts. We have received it, and it's yours. We're receiving it, Lord. We're receiving all that you are giving to us. All that you are doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go for it. Hallelujah. I would just ask that uh, if you're in any of those categories or you want uh, to join in, please just feel free. I'll lead you into just some confession and we'll pray in power, pray in authority, uh, in the name of Jesus. So just raise your hand with me and say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, my God. I thank you, my God. That deliverance is here for me. Deliverance is here for me. I am being set free. I am being set free. And I'm being given my Canaan. And I'm being given my Canaan. I renounce, I renounce every spirit of fear. Every spirit of fear. Whatever in my life. Whatever in my life has been giving me fear. Whatever has been giving me fear. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. I renounce it. I renounce it. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. God has not given me. God has not given me a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. But the spirit of the Lord. For the spirit of the Lord is for boldness, is for boldness and a sound mind. And a sound mind. I, renounce I renounce any powers of darkness, any powers of darkness that bring uh, oppression, that bring oppression, that makes me not believe God, that makes me not believe God, that makes me feel boxed up, 
makes me feel boxed up. I renounce it. I renounce it. In Jesus' name. Whatever evil, Whatever evil has followed me has followed from my mother's side from my mother's or my father's side, father's today, today I cut link, I cut link in, the in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to pray with your mouth for your own situation. Whatever it is, just mention it before God. You may be here and you are saying, I've taken long getting married. You spirit that has made me wait this long, I renounce you. It may be sickness, I renounce your sickness and disease. Whatever it is, it may be a spirit of fighting and quarreling in your marriage. Just tell it, I renounce you. Spirit of restlessness, I renounce you. Spirit of always being tired, I renounce you. Spirit of giving up, of desperation, I renounce you. Yes, Lord, this morning we renounce, yeah. even over the church here at Crowley, yeah. any spirit of the enemy that wants them to stop and scamper in all in directions. You spirit of scattering, we rebuke you and renounce you in the name of Jesus. Whatever spear that you have sent over this church and the people of God, we renounce you right now. The arrow that flies by day, we renounce you in the name of Jesus. The arrow that flies by night, we renounce you right now in the name of Jesus. We stand on the promise and the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that it is finished. Devil, you have been dealt with. You have no more power over us. Yeah. And we take authority over you right Gosh. now. We are children of the Most High. Oh. We are children of the righteous. We are of Jesus Christ. We are seated on in the heavenlies above yeah. every principality and power. Right. We have authority yes. over the powers of Except darkness. And so we renounce yes. every spirit of darkness, every spirit of rejection, Every spirit of suicide, we renounce you, spirit that wants to stop the work of God yet Crowley. We renounce every spirit of hatred. We renounce you, spirit of jealousy. We renounce you, spirit of competition. We renounce every spirit of gossip. We renounce you, you evil spirit that magnifies problems. We renounce you in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare a sound mind. Yeah. Raise your hand over your head and just declare a sound, a sound mind. mind. I declare a sound mind. A sound mind by the Spirit of God. Every evil voice, I renounce you. I will hear the voice of God. I renounce right now every spirit that tells me evil and magnifies evil. Now raise both your hands to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit, over my life. My teacher, come. You are the teacher. Teach me to pray a prayer that will cause me to have a breakthrough. Holy Spirit, come and give me clarity. Holy Spirit, come. Baptize me with fire. 
Baptize me with fresh anointing. This day I want more of you. Holy Spirit, come. Anoint me again for my next journey, for my next step, for more boldness. Come, Spirit of God. Receive the Holy Spirit now. Receive the Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Spirit, yeah. by fire. Come, Holy Spirit, by anointing. Refresh us today. Oh. Yes, more of you, more of you, more of you. More of you, Holy Ghost, this day. Yes, we need more of you. Just come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Just a breakthrough moment to just sense a very sweet spirit moving around this auditorium on this beautiful Sunday morning. It's just a moment to step in the sunshine of the best of what God has for us. So we just want to believe God for that now. Personally now. We prayed corporately. I just want you to press in just in the next moment into your own personal breakthrough. Uh, it's a staple faith. And it's a prophetic act. You say, yes, the Egyptians have seen before. I shall see them no more. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a place where you draw a prophetic line in the sand and say, that stops now. Devil, you're not taking me back to where I came from. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm moving into my Canaan. Am I talking to somebody here? And that's, there's a certain... Our attitude of fighting for your inheritance, yeah. of standing on the truth and saying, this is it. So we just want to proclaim that over us as we leave this morning. If that's you, you're saying, yes, just raise both hands with me. I'm, I'm believing God for the same. Raise both hands and say, Father, Father in the name of Jesus, name I thank you for the victory that you have given me. In the name of Jesus. On the cross, it was finished. In my life, it is finished. Right now, I declare the Egyptians have sinned before. I shall see no more. No more. Just declare that no more in the name of Jesus. Just mention what that Egyptian situation is. It could be a sickness. It could be a situation. Just mention it before the Lord and say no more migraine headache and there's somebody who's been having persistent migraine headache no more receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus mental oppression the sense of heaviness over your head feeling fuzzy all the time no more in the name of Jesus no more in the name of Jesus I pray over us right now the authority of the name father as we have prayed we want now, in the authority of Jesus, to declare freedom over the people of God. Be free in the name of Jesus. Whatever baggage, whatever situation the enemy has thrown over you, my sister, in the, by the sound of this word, as we stand on, in the name of Jesus, we declare you are free in Jesus' name. We declare you are free in the name of Jesus. Receive your freedom. It's all by faith as you stand. Freedom. We declare the Red Sea to part before you. The stuff that the enemy said you can't, the Lord says you can in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just receive that in the name of Jesus. There's some of you feel like, I just need personal prayer. 
as we'll be finishing, I think we'll give opportunity for people who just, I just need personal prayer. I know we are out of time, but we don't want to hold everybody else, but we just give time for you to come and just stand with somebody uh, and just pray in the name of Jesus. Steve, allow me to apply this on those two words over the church. Is that okay? Uh, let's just pray over Crowley Community Church. And I feel strongly uh, this morning as we are praying uh, that what the enemy wants is to stop Crowley Community Church being the kind of citywide church, the kind of church that's touching and blessing nations. Uh, the enemy wants you to retreat to be this kind of little church stuck in there worried about itself. God says he has a purpose for you. He has plans for you. Through this church, many shall be blessed. Through this church, the UK shall be blessed. And I'm saying, this is prophetic so that you're so close to Gatwick Airport. I just felt that God is making you into a launch pad, into a place where people shall take off to different situations, uh, even different parts of the world, being sent to fulfill the purpose of God. We are saying, Crowley Community Church shall not retreat. It shall advance. Just pick that. If you're a member of this church, you love this church, declare that over this church. Father, we pray. We speak over Crowley Community Church. Move forward in your purpose. Move forward in the calling. Whatever the enemy intended for evil, the Lord is turning out for your good. Because no weapon formed against this church shall prosper. We declare the words of our Lord Jesus, Matthew 16, 18, that Jesus, you are building Crowley Community Church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, against the people of God. Do I have a witness in the house? We declare that over Crowley Community Church. We declare that over this church in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We stand, O oh Lord, and we say, let your will be done here in this church as it is in heaven. We pray that the lives of people to be transformed shall be transformed, that the purpose of God shall not be stopped. So, Father, we pray and ask that God, anything that was holding bound the release of your children into the fullness of their purpose we declare it broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's give a mighty big clap offering to Jesus. Wow, so that, that's what you call an equip weekend. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, how do we even begin to process that? There's, there's tea and coffee being served. Please. Go give a blessing to our kids' church workers. You might even want to buy them a book and, and speak words of blessing. And please, we're not in a rush. Do you know, we really aren't in a rush. If you, if you know I, I need to have hands laid on me and be prayed for this morning, come now. We're happy to pray. Uh, my wife's looking at me thinking, but we've got dinner on the table. We're happy to pray. Um, I'll have my dinner cold. It's okay. If you know I'm not leaving this place till I've received something, then come and pray. But God bless you. If you're a visitor, thank you for staying. You're so welcome to enjoy tea and coffee. Fill in a Connect card. We'd love to keep in touch with you. But get your children. Thank you. <laughs>